Do I sound okay? I haven't used this mic in a while. Sound very handsome. Hey, I like it. All right, dude. Well, uh, that's all the important stuff. You, uh, you ready to do this? Let's fucking do it, Jer. All right. <clears throat> What's up, UX fam? How's your mom and them? Welcome to another episode of Beyond UX Design. I'm Jeremy. If you're new here, welcome to the show. I'm super stoked you're here. And if you haven't done it already, consider liking or subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are regular here, you feel like you're getting some out of the show, then for the love of God, tell your friends. That would help me out a whole bunch. Uh, and if you think the show's worth sharing, uh, share it. All right. I got another guest today. I am super stoked to have my good buddy, Casey, on the show. Casey and I worked together a very long time ago, and he's back, and we're going to talk about some pertinent things today about how to handle layoffs. Casey's an adventurer. He's a storyteller. He's a design entrepreneur, and after a short nomadic sprint, Casey has now found himself down in Austin, Texas, and as a relentless community builder, he founded one of the newest and fastest-growing tech and design meetups in Austin, the Austin Tech and Experience Group. ATX boasts a safe and inclusive space for all passionate and creative professionals in tech, UX, art, and so on. So if you're down in Austin, why don't you give old Casey a holler? You can join his group. I'm sure he'd love to have you. Casey, what's up, man? Welcome to Beyond UX Design. It's great to have you here, dude. Thanks for having me, Jer. Oh, man, it's great to be back with you, talking with you. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, dude, of course. You and I got to talking a few weeks back, and you told me about getting laid off. And I thought, you know, if anybody... I know, has some advice on how to handle a layoff. It's Casey. So I wanted to bring you on today and talk a little bit about this. As everybody out there listening, I'm sure at this point is aware, layoffs abound right now in the, the tech industry. And you know this is something I think everybody needs to at some point think about because if it hasn't happened to you yet, I can almost promise you at some point in your career, you will get laid off due to no fault of your own. A lot of people think, they, oh, oh, it's like a stigma. It's me. I did something wrong. But I don't think that's the case. It's a crazy environment that we find ourselves in, man. I feel like the state of the market, um, you know, big tech right now going through just massive, massive layoffs. Um, it's just, it's a wild, it's a wild time. It's a wild world. And, uh, and like I said, it's not like a, not a situation you want to really want to find yourself in, but like, I'm, I'm like excited to talk to you about the opportunities that can come out of you know, these types of situations. And like, if you look at it from, you know, a, it's a blessing in disguise almost. Well, let's think about this then. You get the, you get the, I guess at this point, you don't even get called into anybody's office. It's usually like, I've, I've seen emails, some people finding out they're getting laid off via like, you know, the news and stuff at some of these big companies. When you get the news, like, how do you handle it? What do you do? You know, um, it's, it's hard to not get emotional about it, right? Cause it's, it's, especially in, in my situation, um, previously, uh, I, I got really, I got personally invested in the company mm. and the product. It, it just, it's hard to not get emotional about it, but mm -hmm. at the same time, there were things that I did after being late immediately after, and we'll, we'll jump in that in a second to help kind of like work as a, not a safety net, but like a, basically a buffer of like how to, to get on top of it, right. To get ahead of it. So this is where like my big thing is about building a community and having a strong network. Um, and have just really great relationships that you can lean on in times like these when this happens. Because again, like Jared said, like it's it's going to happen to you probably at least once. Um, hopefully not more than that. But uh, <laughs> fingers but, crossed. But your fingers crossed. It there's always a chance because we are replaceable. Remember, and like, and you know, I think at the end of the day, 
um, creative and design is like usually the first thing to be cut from unfortunately, unfortunately from budgets, even though that we have like a serious like impact on ROI and like impact on the business and it's proven, but it's fine. (laughs) Where community came into play was, I'll just tell you a little bit of a story. I think when I was like right before I was actually let go, um, I, I had an opportunity to do some contract work on the side, which was pretty high paying, some really interesting mm. projects, all in software. It was like, it was like a mobile app and like a, a desktop platform to work on two different things, two different clients. Um, and, but a buddy of mine that I had met in Puerto Rico in a swim up bar near the beach during the <laughs> UX conference. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Not a bad way to meet somebody. Oh, yeah. My buddy reached out to me. He's like, hey, man, I think you'd be really great to help out with these projects if you're interested. And at the same time, I was like trying I was like trying to buy a house. Um, and I was also working full time, you know, more more than 40 hours a week on my my full time job. Because, again, I was personally invested in it. Yeah. Um, and I really want to do great work and really make this product amazing. So I was kind of on the fence of like whether I was going to say yes or no to these contract gigs. And I, I ended up saying yes because they were very, uh, it was like five to 10 hours a week, right? It wasn't that demanding, right? It was very, very low, low demand. So I was like, I can do that. Make some extra beer money, help with the house, et cetera, right? Yeah. And again, you know, one thing leads to another. I met this guy randomly in Puerto Rico at a UX conference. We were friends to this day, you know, many years later. And uh, he reaches out to me uh, kind of randomly. He's like, hey, help me out with these projects. I say yes. And then start working on these projects. And then I get let go. Mm. Again, it was just like out of the blue, unexpected, not a situation you want to find yourself in. And then I luckily had I had my friend to lean on with these contracts and I asked him, I said, Hey man, I just got let go. You know, is there any more work with these contracts? Is there any way to ramp up the time is, you know, what else is coming down the pipeline? What else can I help with? Like just being, I've, I've got this, got this lead. Let me go with it. Let me run with it. Mm-hmm. And he was, he called me immediately. and was like, Hey man, I'm, I'm here to help. You know, we ramped up the hours. Um, he ended up actually bringing me on board to his company now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And, uh, oh, is that where you're at? Where you ended up getting a the full time? That's this is the same place, same place. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, it's it's different than the it's 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 a it's his full time job, right? So it's his right. full time right. company, um, called Seismic. And I was just like really grateful that he vouched for me. Um, he recommended me, and I started as a contractor at Seismic. Uh, maybe like a I don't know, like a a few. A couple, like a month or two later, I think I had t- taken some time to, uh, taking some personal time. Um, one of the work, these contracts, cause I had like a, a month or two of hours to burn through, right. To use. Um, and I wanted, I really wanted to explore these, these projects, these side projects and like ramp down and also get the house set up, right. Like get my, get my new house set up. So like going back to a blessing in the skies, it opened up this avenue, this opportunity for me to like get my house set situated in within like three weeks, um, which was like really, really important to me. And then oh, wow. um, start my new job within, within that amount of time and also ramp down those side projects. So um, one thing leads to another long story. Yeah. short. So you mentioned a few things in there that I, I, I want to unpack. Cause I think um, it's worth pointing out specifically. Um, yes, let's do it. You mentioned taking time to yourself. And actually, like, I, I assume you didn't really say what you were doing, but I assume, you know, decompressing, kind of, you know, uh, collecting your thoughts, p- making a plan of action. Um, and you you actually posted something on LinkedIn not long ago that I, I, I found 
to be a really intriguing concept. You said something about how you've been taking the time to sharpen your axe, you know, before you, you know, you sharpen your axe before you chop down a tree and let the axe do all the work or something to that effect, right? Um, and it, what, what I want to point out there is that, you know, y- you have to plan to be able to do that. And so, like we said, you know, everybody out there, well, this will happen to you. I'm, I'm, you know, there's a 90% chance that you will get laid off at some point in your career. So plan ahead and get yourself a nest egg, save some money and cash in a savings account so that you can take two months, a month, a few weeks off. You don't have to stress out because it's already a very stressful situation. Plan in advance so that you can take that month off. You know, because you could have probably easily been in a position where you're like, well, how am I going to pay my rent mm-hmm. next month in two weeks? I'm not going to get a paycheck. And I you just know? bought so a house like, also. Exactly. So, like, so right. Yeah, the last thing you want that, is yeah. like <laughs> the mortgage company coming back to repossess it. Right. So, um, you know, plan for that, like save a few thousand dollars, figure out what your monthly bills are and make sure you've got a month or two in the bank so that if this does happen to you, you can, you can take a minute to yourself <laughs> and regroup and sharpen your ax before you start trying to go, you know, attack the the job market and, and and hunt for jobs. And I think there's this is already a stressful situation. What can you do now to plan so that it isn't more stressful than it needs to be? Absolutely. I mean, I feel like like you said a plan of action. My dad puts it very bluntly. He says to me, he's like, "Casey, it's not about planning on if these things happen. It's about planning on when they happen yeah, of course. because yeah. they will, right? Like yeah. with random emergency dental work, my first sure. week of the new job, right? Like you, you can't foresee these things happen. You can't foresee the market crashing. You can't foresee layoffs yeah. like this. Like it's just, it's just playing, having some sort of plan to get on top of it, be ahead of it. So there's a couple of things. Yeah. Um, one being liquid enough for at least six months. Yeah. Right. Ha- having enough in savings that you can coast for six months. Granted, like if you're like going out to restaurants and partying and drinking all the time and spending <laughs> money and, you know, buying Maybe clothes. Don't do, that. <laughs> don't do that for yeah. six months. Yeah. Right. Eat some, tuna like, fish. Yeah. eat some tuna fish out of a can, yeah. like bring, you know, you can't live that high and fancy tech life, you know, with that, with those mm-hmm. salaries for six months, but like have enough liquid that you can live comfortably and pay your bills for the next six months. All right. So that's, right. that's number one, be liquid enough. Um, and then two, also make sure that you're updating your resume and your portfolio as a designer. Be ready. And I I keep seeing these damn posts on LinkedIn. I'm going to rant for a second, but like (laughs) about, about like we should cancel portfolios or like, like, no, what makes us special as designers is the ability to show our work. That is what makes us, that's what separates us from the heathens, okay? <laughs> those, those damn barbarians. Those damn barbarians, right? And their Times New Roman resumes. Fucking Comic Sans and shit. <laughs> no, like, this is makes us special, and you should lean on it and also keep it updated. I would do it yearly, yeah. at yeah. minimum update it yearly. Yeah. That will get you, again, like, if you're let go last minute, you're not, you're not scavenging, you know, you're not, like, hurting to get it to set up. This reminds me actually of something our mutual good buddy, Jay Castile. My man. Shout out to my boy. Anybody out there listening, I have another podcast called Retro Time. We did a whole series on Retro Time about getting hired. And one of the things Jay said, and I I still tell people, mentors, mentees all the time to this day, um, he came up with this idea of a work diary where when things happen at work, you just write them down. Keep It could be a note, could be a box note, could be a, a Google Keep note, whatever note you use, pen and paper, doesn't matter. Important things happen, write it down. 
wins, write them down. And then when you come to do your resume or write a case study about your project, you've got all that information written down. And you don't have to go back and try to remember it all. And this could be something you do daily, weekly, on a Monday morning, Friday afternoon, whatever you want to do. But just write down what happened that week, important things that you think you'd want to show off later, tell people about things you accomplished, whatever it is, because years later, you're going to forget. And especially when you're talking about writing a case study, you know, unless you're making it up on the fly, like, how do you remember all that stuff? You know, like, how do you, how do you write a case study a year or two after that happened? You're going to forget, right? A lot of things are going to, you're going to have to go back, find files, find this, find that. Keep all that stuff organized as it happens. So when you, when it does come time to update your resume and portfolio, you've got that little, you know, scratch sheet to work from. Jog your memory. I always thought that was brilliant advice. So Jay, if you're listening, thank you for that advice. I still use it to this day. My boy, Jay Castile. Uh, shout out to my boy. <laughs> Doing that a lot lately. Um, I can't agree with him enough. I, I feel, and I call it a design, uh, I call it a design journal. There you right? go. Okay. Sa- same thing. Um, yeah. And I, I could probably do a better job of note-taking and uh, being a little more intentional um, and thoughtful around when and how often I, I take notes. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it's like such a great way on how to uh, just capture the the wins, the losses, um, you know, what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, getting feedback and not agreeing with it. Again, like it really helps you when you go to build your case studies in your portfolio to reflect back on what happened with which, which yeah. project and which team member and so on and so forth. You can again, talk about it in the future, but uh, yeah. yeah, just to be prepared, you know, like just keep, keep your shit up, up to date. Like that's, that's so important. Now you just said something, actually, I didn't even think of this, but it's also good for those behavioral type questions in interview. Tell me about a, a time when you had an interesting thing, or tell me about a time when something happened and you had to deal <sighs> with conflict, writing those things down as they happen. That'll be, you know, you got a little cheat sheet <laughs> for the interview. You got a cheat sheet right there. Uh, you don't have to come up on the fly, make something up. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me see you make some, some stupid damn questions, BS up. Man. Right? Yeah, right, yeah. right. right. Um, but anyway, so it's, it's interesting though. We're talking about stuff though that like you should be doing now regardless of if you got laid off. So anybody listening out there, you haven't been laid off yet. Do these things so that when that meeting invite comes and you're like, you got that feeling in the pit of your stomach, you're like, I don't know what this meeting's about. I don't like this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you're ready that next step. So I want to ask you though, next though, this is an interesting question. What do you do the minute that that phone call ends or meeting zoom meeting ends, or you walk out the door? What do you do? What's the next step? Mm, You know, it's hard to say like what you would do. I think is thinking about it uh, like in the future, in a future tense. Right. But I can tell you what I did when it happened to me. Right. So that 15 minute phone call ended. I was like, I'm a fire sign. So I'm very passionate. So I was like, <laughs> fuck, you know, like yeah. I, I was, I was heated. I was sad. Thing. I was like, cause, cause yeah. again, going back to what we're talking about, um, you don't want to be caught with your tail between your legs. You don't want to be caught off guard. It's going to catch you off guard. Right. Yeah, cause you're, you're just not going to see it coming. The chances yep. of you seeing it coming, is very low. Um, and what, what, what I did, um, I thought about it for a while. You know, again, I reached out to my friend and I said, and I asked him if there's, um, you know, any more contract work I could, I could pick up. Yes. Great. Him and I had a chat about stuff. Um, I did keep it to myself. I, I, I didn't keep it to myself. I didn't post it online. Right. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do a public post on LinkedIn about being let go. Um, I'm, I'm on the fence about that. I didn't want, a lot of it was happening to our friends. A lot of it happening right. in, you know, in our industry. Um, I just didn't want to add to the noise. 
I, I wanted, I also wanted to pressure test my network and see Mm. like, and, and, and kind of like test the waters a bit. And it sounds, it sounds kind of weird, but like, I just, I wanted to reach out to a few people and to see what came out of that. Does that make sense? Like I wanted to see, like, I I wanted to, uh, it was quality over quantity at that point. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that you didn't post on LinkedIn. I'm trying to think back of what happened when I got laid off. And if I remember correctly, like our entire office of like, what, 400, 300 something people got laid off all at the same time. And um, I was just thinking to myself, like, what's the point of posting this? <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, it's, like you said, it's, no, it's going to take away from someone else. And I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, you know, I don't know. I don't need the attention. I don't want the attention. That's a good I, point, I can't remember Jared. if I actually posted though or not. I, I probably ended up posting something more in like condolences and like of talking about how supporting my friends and everyone who got laid off less than like, I need a job kind of thing. But I can't remember exactly what I posted. But I, I remember having that same thought though. Like, what's the point of posting this? Like, what, everybody knows it was all in the news. GE laid off a bunch of people. So it's like, eh. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I don't know. I can't remember. It's kind of interesting. You had that same kind of conundrum. Well, you made a, you made a really good point. I feel like taking uh, the opportunity away from someone else that could probably use that platform uh, or utilize that platform in the, in their own situation mm-hmm. more so than I needed to. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. I feel like me me posting about it, like I've you know just like you, Jared, been in this for a while, not as long as you, but like not that much longer. now over a decade <laughs> myself, right? So it's just, we did it for a minute. We built, yeah. I built a pretty strong network. I have, you know, communities around the, you know, around the U S not, not to mention the globe. And, uh, I was able to just reach out to people individually mm-hmm. and say, Hey, look, I got let go. Do you have any opportunities? Do you know anybody? And like the friends that I reached out to really came out of the woodwork. They came out mm-hmm. swinging. They yeah. were like, hell yeah, man. Like I got like this, this, and this. Um, and so like, I didn't, you know, there, there's been a lot of like, let's say junior mid-level senior designers that, that were let go. And I, I would want to give them that space, that opportunity to like talk about it publicly and have access to more opportunities uh, and not myself getting in the way of that. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to roadblock yeah. anybody. So I went the, the, back route. I went the, the back avenue. And I feel like there's no wrong or right way to do this. I just feel like you just yeah, want to go with yeah. what you're feeling, with, what, what you feel is right. Um, and I just want to have more private conversations. So that's what I did. Um, and, yeah. you know, again, like you get to a certain point where you don't really have to interview all that much, which is kind of nice. Like right. not, to, not to humble brag, but I only had two interviews. Well, that's the thing though, when you network, right? You don't need as many interviews, generally speaking, because those people Mm -hmm. already know you and they know what you can do and they know what you can't do and they know what you're capable of and they know if you're a good fit. That's right. You know, and so you're not going to get these interview questions where you're like, walk me through some of your work or, you know, uh, tell me about a challenging time when, you know, because they know, (laughs) they already know you. And a lot of times, you know, some, it could be people you've worked with in the past. That's right. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I tell people this quite a bit, but, um, you know, I've, I've only, I've only gotten rejected from four or five jobs my whole life, like from interviews, because not because I'm great, <laughs> but because I go <laughs> after like, you know, or the jobs that I've gotten, have I've gotten because I've known people and I've networked and, mm-hmm. you know, very rarely have I sent, inter- sent, you know, random cold, e- uh, you know, emails or applications off and been rejected or had interviews and gotten rejected right. that way. Cause I, I, I got a referral and I knew somebody exactly. on the inside, yep. you know? New somebody. Yep. And I think this is something though that we're, this applies here, obviously, because 
And this goes for people looking for work now, regardless of if they've been laid off or not, but building that network up, you know, it's not to use in that immediate moment. It's like a fruit tree. You know, you plant an avocado tree and it's not going to grow avocados for years. You're not going to get an avocado the first season that you plant this tree. So, you know, the same thing goes for these network and these relationships. You plant the seed, you build the network, you nurture it, you water it, you keep interacting. Even if you're not getting anything from it, you know, it's still a mutually beneficial thing, obviously. And then maybe at some point it'll, it'll come through. Maybe when you least expect it, maybe when you need it in this case. Um, and so I think that's a really important thing when it comes to networking is you can't wait until you've been laid off to start <laughs> networking because at that point, again, you can't get this fruit for several, you know, for some time. So by this time, hopefully you get laid off. Let's keep the, keep the fruit tree farmer thing going here. You know, you can, you can harvest that fruit when it comes time. Once it's there, you see the avocado, you can reach for it and grab it as opposed to, you know, quickly planting the seed and hoping something grows overnight. That's such a great analogy, Jer. I feel like, you know, all good things come in time. Yeah. Right. And it takes that nurture. It takes that care. It takes patience Mm -hmm. and it takes, and, and like you said, it's going to be unexpected. It's going to be when you, when you don't expect it, when you need it the most. Yeah. Um, and right. that's when you are able to, you know, finally pick that avocado that you want and like cut that bitch in half and like, you know, and enjoy your avocado, avocado toast. Exactly. Make a nice toast, make a nice avocado toast. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I like it. Absolutely. I had, a, I had an avocado popsicle once. That was delicious. It was very good. Very, very strange. Avocado popsicle. Yeah. It was very creamy. It was, it was great, man. It was like a, it was a vegan, oh. uh, non-dairy, uh, popsicle way better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> But it was good. That sounds actually it sounds kind of good. Yeah, I'd rather eat avocado toast to be honest. But anyway, it was it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but but you know that's it's interesting that you mentioned the, the the you know you can't expect these things because like I think your route you you took your route you were able to, and not not post on LinkedIn is what I'm going what I mean you were able to reach out to a few people a few select people those networks that you've been nurturing over time and you knew that those mm. avocados may be there to pull right as opposed to not being ready. And then I think that's when people start to post on LinkedIn and not all, not always, obviously some people just do it because they want to, but the people who are frantically posting on LinkedIn, the day they get laid off, those are the people who are trying to, you know, plant that seed that day and hoping something sprouts up in the next month or so before their next mortgage is due. Yeah. And and I think that's the big difference, you know, and it's, it's interesting. Again, like you said, you didn't have to interview, you know, you, you maybe had a couple phone calls or something and you were there, uh, because right. you had been doing this networking over time and people knew you and trusted you. And I think that's really important to remember for all those young designers out there that are just starting out or haven't started networking yet. This mm. is this is why you do it. It's not to get a job tomorrow. It's to help you when you need it years from now. I think that's something really important to remember. 100%, man. 100%. Look, I mean, over the last... And, to our to our entry level junior mid designers, you know, who are just entering the field or not uh, networking as much as they should be or too afraid to. Over the last ten to twelve years, I have planted and nurtured a lot of trees. Yeah. You got a forest. Okay, you got a forest. I got I got a forest in my backyard. <laughs> All right, I got a, I got a forest, and some of those trees you have to let die. Mm. Sometimes to make way for new ones. That's a really good point. You got to fell some trees. You got to, you got to, yeah, it. you got to take them down. You got to take them down. You got to, you got to clear some space, make space for, for new trees, right? And new t- different types of fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. and so on. I love this farmer analogy. Yeah, have you thought um, about we, uh, maybe just ditching design altogether and, and becoming a farmer? Is that something you thought about? thought about a lot, Jer. I, I would like to love to, dude. I think, you know, it's funny. Uh, I was actually going to ask you this next, but you know, how do you know where to go next 
I, I always told my wife, I, I joke about that. I'm kind of half joking, but I live in Cincinnati now and they don't have New Orleans food. You know this. You're, mm-hmm. You've lived all over the place too, being from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Snowballs and beignets. And if I could just have a little hole in the wall window where I could sell snowballs in the summer and coffee and beignets in the winter, mm-hmm. that's what I want to do if I get laid off again. <laughs> But I'm curious, I'm here, like, what, I mean, you know, this is a personal question. I don't think you could say this is what you should do for everybody. But in your case, how did yeah. you decide what to do next? Uh, that's a great question, Jared. And, and again, like you said, I can only talk about my personal experience, right? And, and I hope that my words can, in, you know, help someone else navigate a challenging path they, they may face one day. Um, but uh, in this market right now, like... Well, let me just back up for a second. Like you and I have both worked on some sexy ass products in the past. Mm-hmm. Like we've had some opportunities to work on some really cool stuff, mobile yeah. apps, innovative software, bleeding edge tech, like really cool web apps, blah, 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 blah. Like all the cool things. So, and we've worked at big companies. We're at small companies. It's it, you and I have had like, we've done the gauntlet of design as you could yeah. say. Um, and now with being laid off, I was actually now looking for a safety net. Yeah. And what comes with safety nets is like not the sexiest work in the world. And that's fine. So my, my, uh, wants and needs had, had shifted from sexy product, changing the world to safety net, great team. Yeah. That is what led me to the decision that I've made, um, to go to seismic, uh, to choose this company because I just really enjoyed the conversations that I had with the team members during the interview process. First of all, I mean, it's a, you know, great, it's a big company, they're profitable. Um, They've never had layoffs in the past. Over the last 10 years they've been in business. That's a good sign. Um, You know, especially with right now, with the the situation of the market and all the things happening, the team was great, product solid. They need help in in, in like the product project that I'm gonna work on is like across like all of their verticals basically, which is oh, wow. really yeah. cool. So it gives me good access and um, to, to, to doing, being able to do great work. And then I get to learn from, you know, really smart, intelligent team members. I'm really talented folks. And, uh, and it, yeah, it, it's, and again, it's a paycheck at the end of the day, you know, going back to being personally invested in a company and then being let go, like it, it hurts more if I wasn't like so invested in it. So that was, that was worse. So now it's like moving yeah. forward, Great company, good, you know, even better team um, and a paycheck. And yeah. that's. Yeah, I think what, you know, may, maybe to back up a little bit, you just said something I think was important to think about before the layoff, uh, you know, uh, news comes. But, you know, you mentioned this, I can't remember exactly how you say it, but it was like, you know, you you have to detach yourself from the job and from the role. Like you are not that role. You are not that job title. You are, you know, Casey who happens to be the lead of lead designer or head of design at this company, right? It's not like I'm Casey. I am the, you know, it's like I'm Casey and I, I, I do that work, but it's not me. It doesn't define me. And I think that is really important too, because keep in mind that even if you don't get laid off, they could cancel the project. They could Mm -hmm. defund that app that you're working on and move you to something else completely. They could take you off that, that at any point and they could take you off that role and give you a new role and a new title that might not sound as sexy as some, whatever you had before. So even if you don't get laid off and they restructure stuff, there's still that kind of sense that like, I'm no longer, I, I, I had this myself where I, my previous project, I was the lead UX designer on this gigantic multi 
national application that spanned the US and Europe. And I had design teams all over. We were, you know, pods all over in Europe. And, and I got to travel to Hungary and Europe and, you know, Asia and do all these really cool things. And that, that app got to fund it. And the next day mm-hmm. I just wasn't on it anymore. I'm like, now I'm just a UX designer with no team, no this, no that, no status. You know, I don't get to travel anymore. And it was like a humbling yep. experience. That was long before I got laid off, but still it was, it was a different thing. It's like, you know, that it was a very humbling experience, I think. And I think that's yep. the kind of mindset. It's like I'm, and that's kind of when I started doing a lot of this other stuff, like podcasting and, you know, all this other stuff, because it's like that more than just that title. You know, I have, I have opinions, damn it. I have ideas. I'm going to share them with the world. I don't need to just like do this. So I'm a human being. Yeah, Uh. that's right, man. So I think that's something important to remember. So that, that's something I want to just kind of highlight because I think that was something we didn't call that specifically. I think it's worth mentioning. The other thing that I, that I wanted to kind of highlight that you said was you mentioned you wanted to go to a place that you felt comfortable and safe and had the safety net. And I think this is something that you can do before you get a job while you're interviewing. Ask. How did you, when's the last time you had layoffs? You know, you could ask that. There's nothing wrong with asking that. You could ask, how yep. did you, what did you do for the teams that got laid off? How did your company handle it? Was there some program? You know, I'll give you an example with GE. They treated us, I think, really, really, really well. I was shocked, to be perfectly honest. Um, when we got the news that we were getting laid off, they actually gave us three months paid. So we we had three three months before our end date. That's good. They gave yep. us a year to look for internal roles at the company oh. to find jobs outside of, you know, something that would be posted publicly. Um, so they did that. And they also gave us opportunities for career coach, help with resume writing. They helped refer us to other companies and stuff like that. So they treated everybody, I think, you know, maybe I'm partial because I'm still there. <laughs> I ended up getting a job with them again. But I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think this is really important. And my wife also got a job there with GA Aviation again. So, you know, she was, she worked for a different business and, and went from power to aviation, but still, I mean, the reason why she wanted to go back was because of how they treated everybody when they, when they did break the news, you know? And I think it's yeah. it, there. I, and then I've also heard horror stories where somebody, you know, they get a, they get a note, an email and their computer shut off and then they have to, you know, mail their computer back and that's it. And they're done, you know? That's so it. I think you can ask these questions in an interview, you know, and think about this. If that interviewer dings you for that would you want to work there <laughs> would that be a company like I, to me i would want i would want them to answer very excited and very passionate about how they treated their their people you know they're not just butts and seats they're people yeah abs- absolutely and and i would yeah. hope if you can find an interviewer that is excited about talking about this and passionate about how they treated their people and was very proud of how they treated their people that's a place you want to be Absolutely. And, and that's, that's it's so funny you say that. Yeah. Do your homework. I mean, ask these questions in interviews. And it's funny that you bring this up is because that's what happened with, with some of my interviews is that um, I decided to, to shift my questions around mm. um, to ask about uh, you know, profitability, you know, if they're in line for, to go public, you know, to IPO, mm-hmm. um, what that looks like. Just questions that are more like financially based again, because like just because of the state of the market, I want to yeah. get more history on the company. Um, and the fact that they never had layoffs was a really great sign. Sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, it tells you something about the leadership, right? Like we, we didn't it grow does. too fast. We knew to throttle back, you know, we could have hired yep. thousands of people and then overhired and then had to correct. Uh, but we didn't, exactly. you know, so these are the kind of things I think like, you know, this is something I think you learn over time as, as you get, and and this is not just design, by the way, this is any, any profession. 
But the, the more veteran you become, the more you realize like how much power you actually have <laughs> in these interviews. Mm-hmm. It's not just I'm there to impress them. It's they're also here to impress me because I don't have to take their job offer if I don't want it. <laughs> right. That's and right. I think a lot of people that's don't right. realize that they're just they'll take whatever offer they can get. Um, you know, but that's that should not be the case, because if you do, you may end up in this situation where a year from now you got a job at a company that hired too many people too fast and then they had to let them all go. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's really important. Asking those types of questions, you know, culture questions, leadership questions, culture financial questions, yep. questions yep. how they treated their people. When's the last time they had layoffs? When's the last time they fired somebody? You know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing too. Um, these are questions that I think are, are really important uh, for, for you to ask in an interview, regardless of if you've been laid off or not. Yeah. One of my, one of my, uh, just kind of like, I guess, echo on this, Jeremy, is that like, um, one of my favorite questions to ask is like, uh, you know, am I filling a, someone else's position? And, and, and if so, why? Yeah. Why that person leave, you know, really get some thinking. It's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What the last person that was here, what happened? Yeah. Why did they get like, Oh, what did happened? they quit? Why did they quit? Why did they get fired? Right. Well, yeah. What, well, did they do? what can you tell me about this situation uh-huh. and, uh, how can you make this better? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are really great questions. And again, like think about how they answer. If they get pissy about it and like you shouldn't ask that question, blah blah blah. These are, this tells you a lot about the company. It's red flag. Exactly. It tells you a lot about the company. There's green flags or yellow flags and red flags That's to true. look out for, right? And exactly. like that if if their reaction will tell you everything. Mm-hmm. And and again, like you really want a team, especially a manager if you're interviewing with a with a manager, right? Like you want them to be as open and honest with you as possible. That I prefer that. I prefer open on it in honesty, open communication and honesty. That's, that's critical to me. So I got another question. This is sort of a weird question. I don't, I don't really know how you answer this to be honest, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I'm curious to see what your opinion is. But a lot of people have been laid off recently and obviously way more people have been laid off than just Twitter, Spotify, Amazon, you know, these big giant tech companies, a lot of small companies, a lot of startups, a lot of companies you've never heard of. Their people have been let go too. You get laid off. A lot of times market downturns, little companies and big companies at the same time get laid off. How do you end up competing with those people with the big fancy tech companies and their resume? You have any thoughts about that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one, man. Um, Cause I don't, I mean, I, I don't really have any of the fang companies. I have some multi-billion dollar companies on my resume. Right. But like not, not yeah. the big boys, the not ones, Google, yeah. Facebook, Apple, not the big sexy ones, but like. There's a, there's a two part of this. The one, the one part is, I don't know if I, my resume will technically really compete with a, di- like a direct, like relative that worked at Apple or worked at Google. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know if I will, but the thing is I've built a very strong network Yeah, and that is what helps me. That's how you differentiate. That differentiate myself, helps me keep myself ahead of the curve and competitive right. is my network and who I know and who I work with and also keeping my shit up to date. My resume up to date, my portfolio up to date, um, continuously working on myself and all of my outside of my nine to five stuff, all of my side projects, my activities, all of my my meetup stuff, you know, like all of my community building efforts and network building and like not networking to network for the sake of networking, but like building community that's imperative to your personal and professional growth and development. And the second part about that is the whole situation sucks for big tech right now. But it does open up an opportunity for like mid-tech companies to start mm. working their way up the chain and pick up these yeah. really talented folks from big tech companies. You're not gonna be able to make as much money as you were probably, <laughs> right. but, but you have an oh, opportunity yeah. to really help push these uh, mid-tech companies or small tech or like startups to the next level. 
right? And develop yeah. the next Google, develop the next Apple, innovate, yeah. you know, build the next great product. Um, so again, out of this situation comes a lot of opportunity. You know, you just said something again that kind of made, this, I feel like an old man. I feel like a grandpa giving like, oh, you young kids and your whippersnappers. But I, I, a friend of mine <laughs> that works at Google not long ago told me about how much he made. And I was shocked mm-hmm. by how obscene the amount was. It was more, it was double what I make. It was a, it was a lot of money. It was a very, very, very yep. high amount. Now they were out in Mountain View and they obviously had higher, you know, taxes and, and cost of living and all that. But cost of living, what I would yep. say is mm-hmm. this is something just, please, if you end up getting a job where you make an obscene amount of money, please save as much as you possibly can. Do not uh, fall into the lifestyle creep where just because you can afford a Mercedes or an Audi, you go and buy one, <laughs> please, like, just for the love yes. of God, this is like, this is the dad in me just trying very hard to get you to think more responsibly, live within your means, please, please, please don't spend all that money just because you're making a lot, save it for mm-hmm. a rainy day because you at some point will need it. And if you get that lifestyle and you become accustomed to that lifestyle, what are you going to do when you can't find a job making nearly as much money <laughs> and you're used to the caviar and the champagne and the Audis and the, you know, the giant house and in, in, in some fancy neighborhood or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, absolutely be responsible is all I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like an old man given that advice. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more, man. But Jesus Christ, it's just so obscene. Like we've been, I feel like in the tech industry, man, we've been just spoiled by the salaries. And I just think about how spoiled. much my parents made growing spoiled. up, man. I'm like, yep. I can't believe yep. how much people today make and the profits in these giant tech companies and all that stuff. Anyway, whatever. Cautionary tale, I guess. Just be careful. Please don't fall for the lifestyle creep thing. It's a cautionary tale, man. And stay liquid, bro. And remember, stay liquid for six months. Stay liquid. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So, oh, this actually reminds me of something too. Um, I don't know how easy this is to do. It's probably very difficult because I'm not even there. But, uh, you know, you think about investors, right? They always say, you know, you don't put your eggs in one basket. You like diversify and all this stuff. And and really, if you think about relying on one source of income as like a job, it's literally mm-hmm. putting every single egg in the same basket, right? Very fragile basket sometimes. Um, you know, trying to diversify your your revenue streams if you can. I mean, you think about, you know, like I, I do this podcast. I don't make any money, but maybe in, at some point in the future, I could get sponsors and make a few hundred dollars a month. And, and I know you're doing sure. like Airbnb rentals, making a few hundred, I don't know how much you make, but whatever, you know, so that kind yep. of stuff, if, if you can find ways to diversify, to make more money on the side, it could be freelance. It could be, I've seen people online on LinkedIn, for instance, talking about, you know, monetizing a newsletter, you know, you've got a lot of experience as designers. You could probably start a coaching thing on the side, charging, I don't know, 50 bucks an hour, maybe depending on your, you know, maybe a hundred, depending on the level of, of experience. These are the kind of things that you could think about. <laughs> if you do get laid off, you could try, you know, maybe like you take two months off. That's a good opportunity. You have free time. Try to do some of these yeah. things um, and see where mm-hmm. it goes. And if it doesn't go anywhere, well, then you, you could always fall back to the full-time position. But that idea of diversifying, becoming more liquid, figuring out how you can, you know, think more like a, an entrepreneur in these scenarios. Yeah. You know, it's kind of frightening income, for a lot of people. Streams of passive income. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's supposed to be frightening. And if you know how to do that, anybody let me know because I'd love to. <laughs> I, need some, I need some passive income. I think it's like, you know, you don't know if you don't try. Exactly. Right. And I feel like creating streams of passive income, uh, doing side projects, creative outlets. What better opportunity to explore if you've got some extra time on your hands right. and like, w- like, why not? Right. Yeah. Like, why not? Uh, discover a passion exactly, and explore yeah. it, you know, and see if you can turn it into something that's somewhat profitable and uh, self-sustaining and then becomes passive income and then so on and so forth. But like, yeah, of course, like you want to invest, you want to like 
you know, try to build businesses with people, um, rental units, shit like that. So that's, yeah. that's my goal now. I'd like it, like in 10 years, like I want to own enough properties to where I'm not, I'm no longer, you know, I guess working in tech. That's, yeah, that's the work, goal. Yeah. Like work your way out of a, out of a tech job. I, I love that though. Cause it's yeah. such a stressful thing. And you know, it's funny too. Cause like, I don't know, maybe I'm just feeling this cause I'm getting like, I'm like 41, I mean 41 next year. I'm getting, I'm getting fucking old, man. But, you don't look it, bro. You, oh, you look, thanks, you look 32. Yo, come on. What are you talking about? I was gray in my hair. Oh, my gray in my beard. Yeah, beard it's, it's the beard. I, I'm glad the gray is just in the beard, though. I feel like if the gray were up top, I don't know. Although, I don't know. I'd look distinguished. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, but, uh, you know, the older <laughs> I get, man, it's like one of those things with the, in this tech industry, the younger kids are just, all, and I say kids, the younger people, the new people coming in, they're, they're, they always seem more talented. They always seem smarter. They always seem driven. And it's just like, at mm -hmm. some point I'm going to get replaced. If not by them, by like AI chatbot or something, you know? <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I got to figure out like, how, I, am I going to stay in this job until I'm 66 and I can retire whatever the retirement age is in the U S you know, probably not. I don't think mm -hmm. I am. I don't think oh, I'm going to make it that far. I mean, I, I, mm -mm. I feel like I'm going to be replaced by younger, more handsome version of myself. That's actually AI and not even a real person to begin with. <laughs> uh, you know, so I don't know. That's just yep. sort of a frightening thing to think about, but. I don't know. All the more reason to drive me to want to do all this, you know, this, the, the, the other extra income, diversifying income. Like that should be about. motivation. For sure. This should be motivation. And you should be helping the next younger, you know, sexier Jer work up to your position. Trying, right? like that's, that's our job. I'm giving away these podcast episodes for free every week. You know, I mean, the for free, least man. they can do is like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a five-star review. Like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> I will be. Thanks, man. All right, Casey. So before we get out of here, any other closing thoughts? You got anything else? I got a little game I want to play with you in a minute, but I want to give you a chance to give me any, any final, any final thoughts. Yeah, I just really quick, I just feel like for anybody listening that's uh, that was recently let go or experiencing, you know, heartaches with with their job heartaches. or anything like that, guys, like keep keep your keep your chin up, keep your head up, keep working hard. Um, you know, keep meeting people, nurture nurture those trees. First of all, plant those trees, nurture those trees, Arm. and then yes, they will take some time to come to fruition, right? So like be patient, work hard, make friends, uh, and don't forget just to live your life cuz mm. uh, you know, Work is work, but life is life. And that's way more important. True that, my man Casey. All right. So uh, I got a little thing I want to I want to do with you here. I got five little questions I want to ask. Just a little thing that we do just for all those Beyond UX Designer. Uh, listen, what is it? I don't even know what the podcast is called. Beyond UX Design <laughs> podcast listeners to get to know uh, my guests uh, a little bit more uh, in depth. How does that sound? Sounds good. All right. First question here. What is your favorite non-design book oh i'm looking right at my bookshelf um favorite non-design book it's tough because most of my books are design focused <laughs> um, it's a tricky question <laughs> oh you know i'm probably gonna go for um the art of racing in the rain art what is that about it's a book I, I'm so bad with names. Can't remember the uh, author, but it's also a movie. I would recommend reading a book first, obviously, mm. maybe watching the maybe watching the movie uh, later. But it's basically a book about uh, a dog, and it's told in from the dog's perspective oh, um, about his life. And like, it starts off with him knowing that he's dying, which is like the saddest thing in the world. Oh, okay. But it's about his owner working really hard and going through all these life events, trying to become a Formula One race race car driver. Um, and again, it's told from the dog's oh, wow. perspective, which is beautiful. And that was a movie? What movie? Was it the same title? Or? The Art of Racing in the Rain. Yeah. Came out maybe like, I don't know, within the last 10 that years. That was the name of the movie? Okay. Art of Racing in the Rain. Yep. Okay. I've never heard of that. 
It's beautiful, man. Beautiful book. At first, I thought you it was maybe like the Fast and Furious uh, adaptation of a book or something. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, oh, what's your yeah. favorite non-design podcast? Shit, dude. That's a tough one. I, I'm like, I feel like if I say Joe Rogan, I'm going to get canceled. Um, <laughs> I will cancel you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> dude, I don't know, man. Oh, you know what? Uh, I really enjoy Morbid. Morbid. What is that about? Morbid is like uh, these... These two ladies talk about true crime like, oh, okay. over the, like you know the last few centuries, like mysteries and like murders, um, but morbid on on Spotify. Right on. All right, I have to check it out. All right, uh, what's your favorite meal or most memorable meal? Man, like to me, for me to cook or to Either like one. order out or something. Whatever you want. Okay. You um, gosh, there, there there's this place called Juliet's. It's Italian spot here in Austin, and uh, I discovered it last year. They had this, I think it was like a spicy sausage rigatoni dish mm. that I, like, I got the large of it. I destroyed it at dinner. I ordered one to go, oh, ate that the next day. <laughs> and then the next day after that, I ordered it for lunch uh, delivery. Damn, dude. All right. So, so that's it. Juliet's All right. chef's I'll, I'll kiss. Put a link, I'll put a link in the show notes. All right. What's your favorite vacation spot? Ooh, vacation spot? Puerto Rico. Ooh, oh, my gosh. Like, Vita, baby. If, if. Oh, wait. No, that's ooh, not. That's, mm. that's uh, Costa Rico. Never mind. <laughs> Puerto Rico, different place. Sorry, I'll cut that. Different place. Yeah, you cut cut that. That's fine. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. um, Yeah, Puerto Rico. I mean, the beaches, the 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 people, uh, the food, the mofongo. The Mm, um, mofongo. There's a place uh, in Cincinnati that sells mofongo, man. Oh, it's so good. Really? It's kind of hard to find. There's a place. There's a a mofongo, but that's all they do is mofongo. Um, If anyone out there not listening, I I, want to say, is it fried plantains that are mashed or steamed or or boiled or fried? And then they're, uh, it's just plantains, so they're cooked in different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they mash them, and then they put all kinds of toppings on top of the, the cooked plantain. Oh, so good. Oh, it's delicious. Puerto Rico. All right. Uh, last question. What's your favorite design tool that's not Figma? Oh, my God. Not Figma? <laughs> not Figma. No Shit. Figma. <laughs> like, I don't really use anything else now at this point. Um, oh, my God, douche. Uh, maybe Procreate on the iPad? I've never used it. Gives me... Gives me a chance to like draw with my iPad Pro and my pencil, right. um, sketch out some ideas. Um, you can also use it for like really high end digital art and illustrations, mm. which is pretty cool too. But I do a lot of just like ideation, like if I want to go and I've got my iPad with me, um, I would say probably Procreate. All right. Yeah. I love it. All right, dude. All right, Casey. Well, thanks for joining us today. I'm really stoked to get your insight on what to do when you get laid off, what to do before you get laid off, and how to handle it and all hey, that man. stuff. I really appreciate that. Just remember, network, 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 plan ahead, hope for the best, plan for the worst, and don't get yourself in a position where you have to have that job in a week because it is going to take longer than that, especially if everybody else is getting laid off with you. Keep your portfolio up to date. Write that, that what did you call it? I call it a work diary. You call it a design design journal. Design journal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, next interview, make sure you ask questions about how they treat their people when they get laid off and see what they say. Yes, indeed, Jer. All right, y'all. That's it for me and Casey for today. I hope we gave a little bit of insight on what to do before and immediately after and ongoing uh, before you get laid off. Because remember, it's not if, it is when this will happen to you. So don't wait until the end. Be prepared. Be ready. Don't let this catch you by surprise. But let us know, you try any of these things? Did any of them work? Did you try some stuff and it didn't work? We'd love to know what worked for you. Uh, hit me up on LinkedIn or shoot me an email at hello at beyonduxdesign.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you like what you heard today, don't forget to like or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you feel like you're getting something out of the show, I would love it if you left me a five-star review, write a couple sentences. Apple loves that stuff, and so do I. 
And if you know somebody who might find some of the stuff that we're talking about useful, why don't you tell a friend? That'd be fantastic. Sharing on your work Slack channel, that'd be huge. And if you want to keep the show independent and ad-free, make sure to check out all those Patreon sponsorship packages at beyonduxdesign.com slash support. You can support the show for as little as $3 a month, and there's some awesome perks like joining the Beyond UX Design Slack community, and you can connect with other aspiring UX designers just like you. You can get a shout-out on the show every week, and there's even a package to meet with me for 30 minutes every month. How about that? Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter and check out all the past episodes at beyonduxdesign.com. I hope to keep coming back for more great UX tips from Beyond UX Design. And until next time, remember, you're more than a designer because there's more to UX and design. I'll see you around. Take care, y'all. This episode is not sponsored by Riverside. (laughs) You never know. Maybe one day. We'll see.